When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. You, know, you don't think Iverson was following sports science is what you're saying? You don't think there was like, a lot so, of it? But for example, <laughs> like if you dropped Allen Iverson into the 1960s, he would be absolutely ridiculous compared yeah. to any of those guys. He'd average eighty points a game. He, he'd score a, a million points. Like that, <laughs> but that to me doesn't prove anything. It's like, all right, right, how good is this team relative to the rest of the competition during their time? Like, I don't want to. I I will say this version of the Sixers would destroy the 0-1 Sixers. And yeah. I don't think that's an exaggeration, but that's just because they would shoot so many more threes, and Larry Brown would try to win by like unleashing a three-quarter court press or something <laughs> and you know hoping that Allen Iverson scores a ton of points in transition like I went back at, at the start of COVID and I actually re-watched and recapped the 01 finals as nice. if they were happening live this. yeah yeah um and one of the takeaways I had was that Matumbo, I feel like got a bad rap for that series because <laughs> Shaq was insane and like yeah. was just so dominant Matumbo like legit made him work hard on a lot of these shots. And it's just one of those where like the other guy is just better. Well, and- I, I always remember this picture of Shaq backing into Matumbo and Matumbo's got this look on his face of just such extreme pain. And I give him credit for even trying to stand up to what was like maybe the most unstoppable offensive force at that point uh, in the yeah. game. And I, so one of my takes before I watched that series and like revisited that year in general was that I thought the better version of that team was with Theo Ratliff than the start of the year. Because start yeah. of that year, I don't remember what they – they might have been like 40 and 10 yep. to start the year. I think like they started they were, 11 and 0 or something like that. They, they were absolutely insane. And Ratliff was a much better fit for that like run and gun, we're going to press you. And like they forced a turnover and Ratliff is like what, like 6'9 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so he runs the floor like he's a, a wing essentially – and he's a tra- in the trail spot, just dunking on people, whatever. Right. And so that was always the team that I remembered. And I remembered, you know, Shaq putting up 30, whatever a game and dominating the finals. But like have, having watched it now, if they had Theo Ratliff against Shaq <laughs> for those finals, he might've scored 45 points a yeah. game. Like that was, that was the difference that I thought Matumbo made. I don't know if they make the finals either with Ratliff because that Milwaukee Well, he team, broke his thumb, didn't he? Wasn't that the reason yeah. he did the trade? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think they probably don't beat Milwaukee, who was really good that year in the conference finals, and there are a lot of Bucks fans who think it was fixed for the Sixers because <laughs> of how the, uh, the officiating went. I'm really going off the, the plot. No, I'm, I do not. 0-1 Sixers are my favorite team of all time. So, so it, is, it is crazy to think that Iverson sat out one of those playoff games against Milwaukee. I mean – what an insane, just like so many weird games. Yeah. Like the game six that they lost in Milwaukee, they're down by like 30 points and they brought it all the way, almost all the way back to like mm-hmm. 
And there's really no reason to. You could have just packed it in and said, yeah. no, this game's done. We have game seven at home in Philly, whatever. But they like put the fear of God in Milwaukee. And then game seven, they came out and, you know, obviously had a big win at home and went to the finals. Um, but to get back more to the question, right? That team would not be able to score the way you need to to be able to beat no. this version of the Sixers. Like if we were to say, all right, they're just going to shoot more threes because that's what you do now. And they like mentally make that switch, but they haven't actually changed the roster at all. They're still screwed because they're playing, you know, as you said, Aaron McKee was sixth man of the year at the time, like a good source of offense off the bench, offense and playmaking, I should say, but can't shoot relative to guys playing in the league today. And then you're playing, you know, Tyrone Hill is your power forward. Jordan I don't know Lynch. that he. I don't know if Tyrone Hill took more than this is another one to look up right now. He couldn't have taken more than like 15 threes the entire season. Well, I actually have their page up. I think Um, there was a few players on the Sixers that literally didn't take a single three. So let's see Tyrone Hill. Here he is. Tyrone Hill attempted 0.03s that year. According to his uh, the basketball reference page, so zero at all, not a single one. He it says that he has zero point zero of zero point zero and zero percent from three. So I would assume I can go so to that's a, so that's your starting power forward most. Oh, no, okay, he took one three all year. My bad, he took one three. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so you're asking, you'd be asking guys, even if you're saying like they have the mental component of the right. modern game. They're just not guys who took threes and are not comfortable with that shot. Like the whole offense was not designed around that. It was that Iverson cut that they had uh, Seth Curry doing the last few years. You get him isolated on one wing and then he attacks one-on-one and, you know, those guys kind of fold around him. Like that's fine. That that worked really well because Iverson was a, a great isolation scorer and the rest of those guys were, you know, workman, defensive type guys. Matumbo, like the best possible version of that, like defensive player of the year level defender at center. But I'm they trying just, to they imagine don't... Matumbo getting pulled out to the three-point line because Joel is like... <laughs> That's another thing. It's like you're asking guys who they were good defensively at a time where you only really need to guard from, I don't know, let's say 20, 18 feet and in, 15 right. feet and in most of the time. So it was just... It's hard to ask them to beat any modern NBA team, any good modern NBA team. Like, I still think they're talented enough that they probably beat up on teams like that shitty Pistons team we just watched. Yeah. But even still, the math math problem at some point is like, it's too big to overcome. We talked about it with blown leads and things lately. Sometimes teams just hit five threes in a row and close a 15-point gap or whatever, and right. that's just not a thing that they did back then. George Hill took 57 threes. The, or not George Hill, so my bad. George, George Lynch. George Lynch took 57 threes the entire year, and he was their starting small forward, right? I'm not from a Yeah, state. so underrated part of why the they lost 4-1 in the finals is that he was out and hurt and yeah. would have been a good, at least a defensive option against, you know, Kobe and some of these other guys. And so that was, and then on top of that, Aaron McKee real banged up sucked in the finals. Like, yeah. Snow was a lot of things. Too, right? that, uh, I don't remember if snow was like badly hurt. They were really banged up. I think people, do you remember that Raja bell oh, basically yeah. didn't play a lot of the year? And then he had a big moment in 
game one of the finals and was like their only real option. He's kind of like Matisse now. that year. Yeah. I feel like Raja Bell that made like his whole career. Like, wasn't he? In he the had a long like, career after that. Yeah, yeah. Like five or six years or something. I remember, and this is obviously another tangent, but when I was in high school, so I went to central high school and I used to take the sub to temple. Cause that's where my parents taught. And so I took the sub one day and um, I get off and there's like a huge crowd and like girls are like crying and I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? It was literally just Iverson and Tyrone Hill walking down broad, like on Temple's <laughs> campus. And like, I like, it was unbelievable watching the reaction to Iverson just among, I mean, cause you know, we get jaded with it sometimes. Like we see these athletes in person all the time, but Iverson back then, man, like Joel's a star and he is a face of the league. Iverson back then was another level of, of star in the city, I think. So I think this is one of my most controversial takes uh -oh. basketball-wise. I think there's a better case to put Allen Iverson on a basketball Mount Rushmore than there is for Kobe Bryant. And I'm going to tell you why. All because right. I think Kobe is basically like, this is not to deride him for his career. He had an amazing career, all-time great career. He's basically just a worse Michael Jordan. Like yeah. there, he is not nothing about his game itself was all that unique. Like incredible scorer, incredible two-way player at his peak, won everything there is to win, blah, blah, blah. But like blah, blah, mostly blah. <laughs> like has admitted that he just right. copied Jordan's moves. And like I that's not something we should make fun of him for. Like a guy coming as close as he did to replicating Jordan is unbelievable because Jordan's stats still are like video game numbers mm -hmm. if you actually go back and look at them. But if you talk about like real influence and like Iverson changing paradigms, like the fashion and like the style stuff yeah. that he did, like the way that like they changed the dress code and they like instituted a dress code that there's like elements of racism and shit like mm -hmm. that in there specifically because of him. Like guys now are able to, you know, they're the, like league fits accounts looking at how guys dress mostly because of Allen Iverson. Like he was yeah. so influential off of the court and like the way that uh, rap music becomes affiliated with basketball in some way, it's like him and the fab five in the nineties are like yeah. the reason that that happens. And so he is this really interesting piece of basketball history that like, if you remove Kobe yeah, basketball history changes and like we lose this like all time great player or whatever. But I don't know that much about basketball itself changes, but mm -hmm. so much of the culture around basketball changed because of Allen Iverson and how the league and how the world reacted to him. And now, like he has said it a thousand times, I, I love Allen Iverson more for, you know, the way he embraces these younger generation of players and says like, you know, I took a, an ass kicking from people so that these guys could be who they are. And like, I'm so happy to see, you know, the way the league has changed. Like he loves Steph Curry's like, you know, yeah, I would never get to take 11 threes a game or whatever it is. And I'm so happy that these guys can do something that's uniquely them that's different to them. And so I'd like, I love Iverson for that more than, you know, I grew up watching him play. He's like my hero as a kid. Mm -hmm. But the way that he's been an ambassador for the sport to me is just so cool to watch. In spite of the fact that like he was so miserable at the end of his career that I thought he'd be like a one of those back in my day, blah, blah, yeah. blah guys. And it's been the opposite. Well, a lot I agree with 
with everything you said there. I mean, I think we both agree Kobe was a better player, obviously. But For sure. I, I also think, I think this is about the Hall of Fame in a lot of ways too. I think sometimes we try to make the Hall of Fame, like I'll use an NFL analogy, Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers. They'll probably get in, right? Because they compiled a bunch of stats. They were good. They were great players when they played. But you can tell the story of the league without bringing up Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers, unless you want to tell the story of the most historic Super Bowl collapse ever. Then you have to include Matt Ryan. But I think when you talk about telling the story of a league and a Hall of Fame and a Mount Rushmore, you have to include more than just who was the best player. If you're doing the four best players. Yeah, Kobe is on that Mount Rushmore before Iverson is. But to your point, you can't tell the story of the NBA and how we got to where we are today without talking about Allen Iverson. And Kobe would come up for sure because he was on great teams, but he's mostly just a list of the champions. You know, there's not like a huge moment in the league that changes it. So I think that's that that's a fair take. Um, it is crazy to think about what Iverson went through, you know, when he played. I was too young at the time. And, you know, think about the fact that he was on a magazine that airbrushed all his tattoos off, you know, just yeah. like what he went through. And I think what you say is is a hunt is is really true that. His, him being who he is now, I remember like 10 years ago, I read a book about him and, you know, he's sitting alone in TGI Fridays and he's had a lot of off the court issues. So I think just seeing him now and where he's at and he's at, at the Sixers games, maybe not as much as he used to be, but I feel like for a few years, he was there all the time. It is cool to see him get through what he's been through to, to where he is now. Yeah. I just think people think a lot harder about how they talk about athletes in part because of him. And yeah. like how he was received by the general public and the media There's again, this is, I understand this is pot calling the kettle black, but like a largely white media covering mm -hmm. a, a guy who's like came from bad circumstances, like the, that 30 for 30 they did on his arrest and that yeah. fight in the bowling alley and everything he dealt with as a product of that was really eye opening for me. Cause you know, I'm just, not even cognizant of who he was when all that happened. And then, you know, mm -hmm. he's just a guy who plays for the Sixers. So it's like, Oh my God, this guy's awesome. But you don't know about all that he's gone through to get there. And so that was, we're really getting off on an. I was going to say, so overall here. you think the 22 Sixers would smoke the O one Sixers. I do. <laughs> it's um, where we fall on it. But um, here's what I would say. I still am not going to put them over the Jimmy Butler Sixers. Wow. All right. So you think that Jimmy Butler team would beat this team? I'm not saying they would beat them. I do think that that team had a defensive ceiling that is really hard to get to. Like they came as close as anybody did that year to beating the champions, the Toronto yeah, Raptors, like went, true. went seven. And if not for a crazy Kawhi shot, you know, who knows what happens in overtime. I still think they lose that game personally because they're on the road and, road game seven wins are really rare in the NBA, Especially in but even time. still like they challenged that team. They took that team to the brink. And I thought that it's a team that had basically no depth, but that starting five was really, really good whenever they took the floor and the deeper you get in the playoffs, the harder it becomes to even like play other guys. And so you just lean on that top five. I think if you were to give, this current team, the edge, it rests on two things. One, Joel is just straight up better than he was mm -hmm. at that point. Like is better than, I would say there were a bunch of games during that run that Jimmy Butler was the best player on the floor. Joel would be the best guy 
it between those two teams, period. Like he is yeah. at a level that Jimmy has never he been He is at. older now, but I agree he's better. Like his body's more broken down, but I think he's a better player. Yeah, so he's he's just at a level that he was not at before. And as a two-way guy, is really hard to match in the league hierarchy. I do think that offensively, the other thing is that James Harden being the guy at the controls instead of Ben Simmons, where he's just kind of a waste of space. And right. they had to default to this Jimmy as point guard, which Jimmy was good enough at it to push that team to seven. But like, really, you want Jimmy in more of a, a traditional shooting guard role, right? Where he's more in attack mode and you'll get some secondary playmaking, but it's not Jimmy runs the offense every time down. And so being able to give it to Harden and say, you're going to run the offense and Tyrese is there as a secondary option and you have Melton and you have Tobias and you have a corner shooter and PJ, assuming that he has a pulse on a given night yeah, and, and a working hand. Yeah. And I, I just, I think this team is probably better now, but I want to see it in games that actually matter because this is, we are sort of prisoner of the moment right now where they've played a lot of bad teams over the last Mm -hmm. month and a half or so. And it's hard to say they're at a level that can get higher than that playoff ceiling that they hit. I think because they lost, people forget that that was a, a back and forth chess match. Like there are a couple games that can go either way. They won in Toronto in game two and flipped that series yeah. with a killer Jimmy game and like shut down a team with Kawhi. And that was a deep and good Toronto team. And that team deserves a lot more respect than they probably have.